Good afternoon, Eastern Washington and fellow Patriots. This is Matt Shea, and welcome to Patriot Radio, broadcasting live from deep inside the heart of the future Liberty State, brought to you once again by On Fire Ministries and the legacy of Dr. Stan Monteith, bringing you the story behind the story and the news behind the news. It's not about right or left, it's about right and wrong, about our hope not being in man, but in Jesus Christ, about not ending in prayer, but moving to action. And I want to talk quickly today about the gospel of the kingdom. And there is a huge echo here, Sawyer. Uh, I want to talk about Zechariah 2.5, but I declare as the Lord will be a wall of fire to her on all sides, and I will be the glory in her midst. So one of the other things that is a part of this is that in the, the last times, we will be a light in dark places. We actually will bring the fire with us to places that need to be lit up. We will bring the fire in victory to places that they thought they were okay dwelling in wickedness and evil. And that brings us now to our Bible teaching today. But first, take a moment, share this show, subscribe on Rumble, follow us on Telegram. It's really important that we do that. We are are breaking out of this cycle of censorship right now. And I'm seeing, quite candidly, I'm seeing that that many people are excited that we can break through and we can be broadcast throughout the whole world and get around the globalist plan to silence the truth. And we're going to talk a little bit about that today. We're going to talk about the narrative that has been happening, the narrative war that has been happening. And we are in a place right now where we have to understand that that we shouldn't fall into the narrative traps, but more importantly, understand what their end goals are and then what we're supposed to do about it. And I've, I've talked briefly about this before on the show, uh, but there is a picture actually in Jewish history of what the church should be doing in the last times. And a lot of people have missed this. I'm going to be talking about it more in depth uh, tomorrow night as part of uh, the last time study here at On Fire Ministries. And the reason we characterize it, by the way, as the last times is because it's the last times of the enemy. It's just the beginning for all of us who are believing in Jesus Christ and we are going to be with him in eternity. So this takes me to Matthew chapter 5, verse 14. And I, I want to read this. Some of you have heard this, but I want you to pay attention to the last part of it specifically. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand. And it gives light to all who are in the house. Now, you've heard me talk before about that basket and what it means to be upside down and that that's a peck measure basket. In other words, it's the bounding of the sowing of seeds, that the sowing of seeds is what we're supposed to do, but religion in this world will try to bound us in how much we can sow. 
And relationship with Jesus actually will unbound us so the light continues to shine and shines. And listen to this, to all who are in the house, and that means your family. But it continues, your light must shine before people in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. This shining of the light before people is na- shining your light before nations. And, and I'm just going to, some of you have never heard this before, but Hanukkah and the celebration of Hanukkah, which by the way, Jesus Christ himself celebrated. Hanukkah is a picture of what is going to happen in the last times. The, the empire of the Greeks under Alexander the Great, and by the way, you can read about these things, but Alexander the Great was indoctrinated into the mysteries, quote-unquote, and that was by his foremost biographer. So it's so interesting that they even admit the indoctrination of these mystery religions. So when that empire broke up into the four pieces, down the line, Antiochus Epiphanes IV also indoctrinated into the mysteries. And we'll get into what his name means tomorrow night. Antiochus Epiphanes defiled the temple. And in doing so, the Maccabeans, Judah Maccabees, revolted. And the Maccabean revolt captured in First and Second Maccabees, not canon, but considered historic reading. And it's included in many uh, 1611 King James Version of the Bible and many other uh, works that have Apocrypha in it. But the revolt happened, and as a result, the temple was restored, cleaned out, and they didn't have enough oil for the lamps of the menorah, and so when they lit the lamps, supernaturally, miraculously, they stayed lit. And then the Maccabeans kicked the Greeks completely out of Israel, and that began what's called the Hasmonean dynasty. Okay, here is the point. When the enemy tries to come into the temple, kick him out. But it doesn't just stop there with the light. It doesn't just stop there with the light in the house. It says, shine your light before all people. In other words, kick the enemy out of the nation. The Didache, which is the earliest Christian teaching known, some date it to as early as 50 AD, clearly states that the church will face the Antichrist. Now, there's some people out there that get all bent out of shape about this. I'm just telling you the historic record and what the early church fathers taught. But that wasn't supposed to be a fear thing, like we're supposed to be looking for the Antichrist everywhere. It's like when... when He shows up, resist, kick him out of the temple. First start here with the temple, the Holy Spirit, the body of the believer. Kick him out, get out, but also kick him out of the nation. And so in the time that we're in, these last times, this is a very clear pattern of what we're supposed to do as Christians because it was a pattern of what the Jewish people were supposed to do as well. So I'm going to get into this more tomorrow night, but that is a great summary of what needs to happen when evil comes in. We need to kick it out with the light. And that now 
brings us to a few videos. We are uh, we are trying to lighten things up just a little bit. One of the funnier videos that we found recently, um, and uh, thank you to Travis for finding this, but this is what we need, also need to be doing in this time. Okay, when, when somebody needs help, we don't just watch them. We actually go over and we help them, and that brings us to the video where this particular turtle needed a lot of help from his friends. Go ahead. So he's upside down on his back, flailing around in the water. Some of you may feel like that in your own life, flailing around in the water on your back. And all of a sudden, all his friends come over and they get underneath him and they roll him back over. Here's the lesson. If you see anybody in your life that is flailing, help get underneath and get their life right side up so they can walk in the wholeness that Jesus Christ wants them to walk in. That brings us next to the good versus evil segment. We've got a couple videos here. First of all, is London fallen? Well, that's an interesting question. Jihad was stopped in 732 AD at the Battle of Tours, France, and then in 1683 at the Battle of Vienna in Eastern Europe. Looks like the battle is very clearly on in England. Go ahead and roll the clip. You can see thousands and thousands supporting the rape and the murder of Jewish people marching in downtown London. Should be a cautionary tale for all of us here in America. And by the way, our ancestors understood this. That's why the very first war we fought after the revolution was against the Barbary pirates and Islamic piracy. This, these protests that you see right here, this is why you're seeing a massive turn in political realms in Europe. And we're going to get to that here in just a second. And that brings us to the next video. It's interesting that the Jacob generation is struggling so much with consistent theology. And a lot of times they're written off, but sometimes just the right questions can turn a person to the right way of thinking and change their life forever. Go ahead and roll the clip. What do you think about white men? I think it's just the term white man, just immediate turn off. What do you think of black men? Love. <laughs> do you think it's racist to, by default, not like white men? I mean, I don't think so, because... Ding, I think ding, there's ding. a difference between, like, racism and <laughs> dis... Or, that's, that's an interesting question. It is an interesting question. Yeah. Because, like, I mean, I don't dislike, but there is a, like, a, uh, like, nervous feeling. I don't know. So if you met someone who said that they get nervous around black men and that they've had bad experiences with black men, would you still consider that racist? Ooh, yeah, I see your point. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. Maybe that's a question that uh, can be had at your 
Christmas table, I don't know, but we need to be consistent in our theology and belief systems all the way across the board. Otherwise, unwittingly, sometimes you become a fifth column in this country that actually is undermining the foundations. But there is always a reason for hope. And one of the most encouraging videos I've seen here recently anyway is a silent night takeover of a very famous spot here in the United States of America. You know, if you see Christians stand up and bring the gospel, even to places like New York City, it's amazing what can happen. Just the simple gospel that our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, loved us so much that he came to earth to wallow in a manger and then die on a cross so we could be free and that we could be with him forever. And see how it just changes people. The very simple reality of Emmanuel or God with us. I think all of us are one encounter away from total transformation in our lives. One real encounter with Jesus Christ, well, it changes everything. And it changed the world. And maybe tonight, when you're with your family over dinner, an encounter with Jesus will change you and change your family for generations. So tonight, take a moment and let him into your heart. Amen. And that brings us now to your daily intelligence briefing. On the international front, first coming to us, Regarding the globalists and uh, their plan, I want to talk quickly about an article in And Magazine, Sam Faddis, the world is moving from left to right, a political tide is rising that is ignored, downplayed, and intentionally misinterpreted by the mainstream media, clearly stated the global liberal establishment is being challenged on every continent. What does that mean? Well, there is a new patriotic leader who understands the need to defend Western civilization in the Netherlands. You're seeing now, I think they're, they're into four weeks of protests straight in Spain to kick out the socialists in power there. Javier Malay just sworn in as the new president of Argentina. And next year, President Donald Trump back 
in the White House. People understand this at a gut level. They know something's wrong. It's our job to keep pointing them in the right direction. That brings us to the next thing on the globalist front. IPCC scientists demand dictatorial powers over climate change policies. One more reason people are uh, waking up right now. Scientific dictatorship. Very, very interesting. There is no science out there that says that the phase out of fossil fuels is what's going to achieve their climate change goals. But meanwhile, the Trilateral Commission met in New Delhi in March 2023 to mark its 50-year attempt to launch its new international economic order, a.k.a. technocracy. One commissioner got up and flatly stated, three decades of globalization defined as integrated, free market-based, and deflationary has been replaced by what will be a multi-decade period of globalization defined as fragmented, not free market-based, but industrial policy-based and structurally inflationary. In other words... Things are going to get worse economically if we continue down the road of globalization and this attempt to change the climate, which climate's always been changing and it always will. There's a natural balancing that happens in our climate. And in fact, more CO2 means greener plants and more plant life. And it's interesting that they probably don't want that. So we thank Technocracy News for doing a great job keeping up on these articles. And that now brings us to the China front. Coming to us from Visegrad 24, daily reminder that China is trying to take control of all these islands, reefs, and waters within their so-called nine-dash line. China has territorial disputes with Taiwan, the Philippines, Malaysia, Brunei, Vietnam, etc. in the region. This map really clearly shows what China wants to do. Here's the bottom line. The Chinese have put out maps where basically that entire sea is theirs. Well, that's not true. That goes against international law. And right now, with the massive economic downturn that is happening in China, something that was said almost 25 years ago at a secret speech by General Chi Huatian, he said that if the Chinese Communist Party is challenged, their power is challenged, They will go to war rather than lose power. We may see that happen here coming in the near term. And all of those people aligned with communist organizations here in the United States of America are simply aiding and abetting the enemy of freedom. That brings us next to the Epoch Times. Bipartisan lawmakers calling for breaking economic ties with China, warning about decades-long Chinese economic aggression. Yeah, they're... They consider the economy a battlefield. Bipartisan group of lawmakers in Congress are calling for the United States to reset its relationship with China by raising tariffs and cutting off capital flows, fueling Chinese aggression. Yeah. Hey, how about we stop funding our enemies? Great plan. I love it. In a report incorporating nearly 150 recommendations on December 12th, the House Select Committee on Chinese Communist Party warned about the regime's multi-decade campaign of economic aggression that has made the United States dependent on Beijing to its peril. Among the list of recommendations from the 53-page report are closing the loopholes that allow Beijing to steal U.S. technologies, forcing a ban or divestment of Chinese-owned social media app TikTok, and imposing tariffs on legacy Chinese semiconductors and directing the Federal Reserve to stress test its resilience to a potential loss of access 
to the Chinese markets. How about we stop funding our enemies? That is our overall national strategy. Why don't we write that in there? Well, because it would mean we would have to change a lot, and it would probably shock a lot of people. That brings us next to Indo-Pak news. Boy, there is there's a lot going on, but I want to highlight one thing very quickly. This is just from 10 hours ago. Location of the U.S. Navy's deployed carrier strike groups and amphibious ready groups throughout the world for December 11th. USS Ronald Reagan, the USS Carl Vinson carrier strike group, and the USS America. So you've got one, the USS Ronald Reagan, in Yokosuka, and you have the USS Carl Vinson carrier strike group in the Philippine Sea, and then you have the USS America in Sasebo, Japan. Well, that just looks like a continued buildup in the region. So I, I see these kind of things as just one more indicator that there may be a war here in the near term, and we're going to go to a couple other indicators here in a second. Coming next, from Indopac News, China-Japan trade blame over confrontation near disputed Senkaku Islands. Japan's Coast Guard said on Saturday that two Chinese maritime patrol boats left Japan's territorial waters around the islands after receiving warnings. China and Japan both accused each other of maritime incursions after a confrontation between their Coast Guards and waters around these disputed islands in the East China Sea. China's Coast Guard said on Sunday that a Japanese fishing boat and several patrol vessels intruded the previous day into waters around the tiny islands. Well, nobody really cares about these islands. I mean, just being honest. But we do care the fact that this is becoming a increasingly, increasingly aggressive flashpoint. And we're going to keep our eyes on that because it's not only there in the Senkaku Islands, but also... Down near the Philippines, which brings us next to open source intelligence. Chinese ships damaged three Philippine vessels in two separate incidents in the South China Sea over the weekend. The first incident occurred on Friday when Chinese Coast Guard vessels attempted to stop a resupply of the disputed Scarborough Shoal. Chinese vessels used water cannons at least eight times and also deployed long-range acoustic devices per Filipino authorities. So they're using these methods but then on Sunday, a second resupply mission took place. Two vessels were damaged, with one sustaining damage to its mast and other experienced engine failure. And so this is just increasing tensions around these islands in the Philippines. And remember, if the Philippines goes to war with China, the United States is under treaty to come to the defense of the Philippines. And that brings us next to open source intelligence. And a country on the border with China, a very key country, India. Today, India's Supreme Court issued a ruling upholding a 2019 decision by India's government to remove special status for Jammu and Kashmir, as well as the territory of Ladakh. This ruling was supported by all five judges, and as a result, elections will be held in those two states no later than 30 September 2024. Pakistan's caretaker foreign minister said on social media, international law doesn't recognize India's unilateral and illegal actions. So now we have a flashpoint between India and Pakistan again, in addition to the flashpoint already there between India and China. These are all indicators we are heading toward a world war. No hyperbole. These are clear, clear indicators we are headed toward a world war. And in fact, that might actually be the intent by the powers that be to try to destabilize across the globe from Guyana to Kashmir. That brings us next to the Middle East front. 
Important to understand this. First, we talked about here on Patriot Radio that there would be a war between Ukraine and Russia. Then we talked about following that there would be a war between Israel and Iran and its proxies. Then following that, a war between China and Taiwan. So part of this war in the Middle East right now is that it's not going to go away quickly, just like the war in Ukraine is not going to go away quickly, as it were, that all of these things are being set up as destabilizing factors. That brings us to Visegrad 24 and the siege of Khan Yunus. This map clearly shows uh, where the Israelis are coming in, that they have indeed besieged Khan, uh, Khan Yunus. They're destroying everything right now. Israeli army is just is crushing Hamas. And there's something very important, another indicator that's happening. Israel is clearly winning this war in the south, but this isn't where it's going to stop. It looks like also there will be a war in the north, which brings us next to Max Morton, who is retweeting one of our favorite sources, OSINT Defender. Initial reports that Israel has given Lebanese government and military a 48-hour ultimatum to begin negotiations on an agreement to return Hezbollah to their positions, which were agreed upon by United Nations Security Council Resolution 1701, or else the IDF will launch a military operation to destroy any and all Hezbollah infrastructure in southern Lebanon up to the Litani River. And that looks like the precursor for war also in the north. Now, one other indicator right now that Hamas is losing in the south, coming to us from OSINT Defender, senior Hamas officials in Qatar and Lebanon have reportedly begun to disappear within the past week, with Qatari sources claiming that they have left for unknown destinations and that since that they have been unreachable by cell phone, perhaps the rats are fleeing the ship. Looks like Hamas is done. That brings us next to WorldNet Daily Defense Minister. Hamas battalions once considered invincible now on the verge of collapse. So this just reinforces what I just said, that amid ongoing heavy fighting in and around the terrorist stronghold of Khan Yunus in southern Gaza and rocket fire in central Israel during the day, that the Israeli army has encircled the last strongholds of Hamas, and they are about done here probably in the next three to five days. You will see a complete capitulation and collapse of Hamas. That brings us next to Visegrad 24, and in a highlight here, very clearly we need to understand this, that the things that we saw on October 7th, where women were brutalized, raped publicly, gang raped, where people were shot indiscriminately, tortured, that some of this is authoritative Islam. This is not an aberration, but this is actually 1,400 years of Islamic history that really has not changed. And so senior Saudi Islamic scholar Sheikh Salah al-Fazwan, Muslims have the right to, in war, take women captive and use them as concubines, quote, unquote. For those of you that that may rankle, go read The Reliance of the Traveler, the foremost Sunni Islamic law book, authoritative Islam, 
and prove this senior Saudi sheikh wrong. You're not going to. The fact of the matter is Al-Azhar University put a stamp of approval on the reliance of the traveler. And they put their stamp of approval on what is authoritative Islam. And what you see from ISIS and Hamas is not an aberration. But it's actually just the continuation of the war between the jihadis and the West. And that brings us next to Argentina. One of the great, wonderful models on his first day in office, President Malay signs an executive order reducing the government from 21 ministries to nine. Could you imagine that happening here in the United States? Oh my, how blessed it would be. What a blessed day to cut government by over half. Oh, look at that, how beautiful it is. He even talks about the ones that stayed. So I want to talk about the ones that he kept. Department of the Interior, Department of the Exterior. That would be commensurate with our Department of the Interior here in the United States. And like our, our uh, kind of USAID type stuff. Economy, justice, infrastructure, foreign affairs, security, and defense all stay. Wow. That's beautiful. That chart. Wow. Pitter patter is still my beating heart. Also coming to us from Visegrad 24 today is this, the, well, now it's, I think it's the 40th consecutive day of anti-separatist protests in Spain and international media is not covering the story. Protesters argue that PM Sanchez is putting Spain's territorial integrity at risk in exchange for four more years of power. Bottom line is there is a massive patriotic but more importantly, defensive Western civilization movement happening throughout Europe, Western Europe, Eastern Europe right now. And we're going to see that continue into 2024. That brings us next to the Ukraine front. Coming to us from Euromaidan Press, Biden announces 200 million aid package for Ukraine. I, there's also rumors out there now of potential peace talks. Again, folks, I think th that whole war is going to be kept going for a little while because there is something much bigger that is on the horizon. Also, in Poland, the new Polish prime minister is talking about deploying Polish troops to Finland, but also maybe even deploying Polish troops into Ukraine. He actually said that. So we're going to keep our eyes on that as well. And that brings us next to the national front. Coming to us from Gateway Pundit, West Virginia Secretary of State and gubernatorial candidate says 2020 election was stolen by the CIA, quote unquote. In a recent gubernatorial debate, he stated this, and as a 23-year veteran of the United States Army and the current Secretary of State of West Virginia, Warner positions himself as a battle-tested leader. Well, that little statement has shaken some things up. Very, very interesting to see where that will go here in the near term. That brings us next on Gateway Pundit to the utter capitulation regarding House Speaker Johnson's pulling of the Judiciary Committee's FISA 702 overhaul and Intel Committee's 702 reauthorization bills. Bottom line is this is the patriot, 
Preacher to Act spying stuff, and the bill that they had introduced would actually have increased. It would have been the most significant increase of warrantless surveillance of U.S. citizens since the Patriot Act. And so that thing has been pulled, and they say that they're going to wait until after January to take that up. We will see. That brings us next to J. Michael Waller. Senator Schumer praised Hamas Front Care Council on American Islamic Relations. It didn't recant when given the chance. Quote, I know that the Council on American Islamic Relations will continue to serve New York State and the nation for many years to come. End quote. You can read more about that at investigativeproject.org. But the bottom line is he's talking out of both sides of his mouth. There is a book actually entitled Care is Hamas. So uh, there needs to be more questions asked here, but we also know that some of these people are playing both sides and they have been for a very, very long time. And lastly, that brings us to open source intelligence and a new report released by the North American Electric Reliability Corp. I want to explain what that is. NERC is the is an organization that looks at the grid stability and, and will it be able to continue to produce power, particularly in crisis conditions like winter weather conditions or summer weather conditions, and be able to have the power grid stay without blackouts, even with great spikes in use. And here is what they said on Monday. Cold conditions still present a reliability concern for the electric grid. Freezing conditions remain a reliability issue for generators. Some of the recurring concerns included improper heat trace, frozen instrumentation, et cetera, et cetera. But here's the bottom line. We are not generating enough power right now. And if we continue down this road, we were going to be grid unstable by 2028. And that was when I was in the legislature. Four years ago, we could... We could tell it was coming. We need to be actually producing more electricity, nuclear power, small modular nuclear reactors, which are absolutely fantastic, extremely safe, and not take out any dams on the Snake River like the Biden administration wants to do. And that is the briefing. Remember, the antidote to dependency and socialism is to be a God-fearing, self-reliant, freedom-loving American. Thank you once again for praying for us and make sure you follow us on Rumble, follow us on Telegram, like, share, and comment. It helps dramatically get past all of the censorship and share these broadcasts with your friends and your family. That brings us next to our guest today, Selwyn Duke. He's a journalist for The New American. He's also written for The Hill, Observer, The American Conservative, World Net Daily, American Thinker, and many other print and online publications. But most of all, I like the fact that he gets us to think. Selwyn Duke, it's great to have you back on Patriot Radio today. How are you doing, my friend? Not bad, Matt, and it's great to be back with you. How are you? Doing really well. So much going on in the world today, my goodness. It's like uh, everybody's trying to get something knocked out before Christmas, huh? Yeah, I know, I know. As the editor of The New American loves to say, it's a target-rich environment, so you never are for want of stories, that's for sure. <laughs> well, I, I, we aren't. I want to start with a little bit about what's going on here in the United States with the FISA and the, the 702 stuff happening right now. It looks like finally enough pressure was put to bear to 
table that at least for a little while, but why would we need to increase spying on innocent Americans instead of on actual terrorist organizations in the world? Well, you only want to do that or think you have to do that, Matt, if you view average Americans as the threat. If you view the MAGA contingent, if you view people who are patriots, who are constitutionalists as the threat to your power, and of course, the individuals in question who are part of the establishment, they do view us as a threat to their power. So, of course, that's what they, where they want to focus their resources, right? It, well, it is. And, and the interesting thing to me is that people now are saying, hey, wait a minute, something is wrong here when we have a totally wide open southern border very clear terrorist cells have come across the southern border already, and yet we're focusing on spying more on Americans. Is this part of a larger play of the New World Order? And are, do you think they're going to take us to war just like they did in World War I and World War II to try to implement this globalist cabal's plan that they've been in? It's been in the works for 100 years. Yeah, well, absolutely. I mean, I think you and I have discussed immigration and migration, and they are two different things because immigration has the connotation of a legal process. But we've discussed those things in the past. And the truth is, is that if you flood us with millions of unassimilable people, I mean, first of all, when they do become naturalized, 70 to 90 percent of them will vote Democrat. That's assuming that they receive amnesty, which eventually happens if these people are here long enough. But also you can destabilize the country, as you know, and that's one of the stages of communist subversion. And I'm not saying you have to be some big conspiracy theorist to know this or to understand it or believe it. But, you know, there are four stages, demoralization, as in the undermining of the morals of the target nation. And the second stage is destabilization. And this is a real destabilizing factor. And, you know, it's disgusting, Matt, because obviously one of the basic functions of any government is to defend the borders. If the government cannot or will not do that, it has no reason to exist. We've had millions of people streaming across our border. Many of them have escaped into our interior. Many of them have been released with the idea that they're going to show up for some court hearing. And of course, most never do. The whole thing is ridiculous. And probability dictates that a certain percentage of these people are criminals. We know that. Probability also dictates that a certain smaller percentage are terrorists or, who, or will become so. So this is a terrible abdication of the government's responsibility to protect us. And we should really wonder why we're paying taxes at all if this is the case. Yeah, I mean, this really is the foremost issue right now, not just here in the United States, but we're also seeing this happen in Europe. I mean, Spain is protesting regarding migration. It's happened in Italy. It's happening in Poland. It's happening in many of the countries that border Russia, where Russia has sent waves of illegal immigrants toward their borders as, as a form of low intensity conflict. We, this is not localized to the United States. The new American is getting this information out. We're getting this information out, but it seems like it really is being censored. And is that hyperbole to say, Hey, we really are being censored in this. And if we are, how do we get around this? How do we educate people that, Hey, Maybe what you see is what they want you to see. I think these are kind of the questions we need to ask, not only here, but for Western Europe and Eastern Europe. 
Yeah, absolutely. Well, of course, we're being censored. The censorship is quite egregious. I mean, I've seen it developing for years. You have big tech that suppresses the truth. You'll see your results, I'm sure, results relating to the new American and myself in general being suppressed on Google, where these results are down on pages that people are never going to see, not on the first page, even when they deserve to be there, but in what I call Internet Siberia. Most search engine users never go beyond the first page or two of a search engine. And there are so many ways in which they affect this censorship. And how do you get the message out there? I'll also mention entities such as Facebook. What they do is if they see a post that expresses a politically incorrect truth, Matt, they'll suppress that post, suppress its visibility so not as many people see it. How do you get around it? It's not easy, but that's one good thing about the fact that Elon Musk bought X, which used to be known as Twitter, because whatever you think about it, maybe it's not perfect yet. The fact is, is now you can actually breathe there. I've been on Twitter. You can actually express dissent, politically incorrect truths. And that's wonderful. And that's also important. And that's why, by the way, people want to destroy Musk and Twitter. You know, it's interesting Debbie Washerman Schultz just wrote an opinion piece where she said essentially that Elon Musk must be stopped and she was complaining about how supposedly anti-Semitic rhetoric was proliferating on X. Well, guess what? There's bad rhetoric everywhere, of course, and if that rhetoric is directed against people who speak the truth, the so-called right, then no one cares about it. But you don't worry about that. You counter that rhetoric with truthful words. That's what you should do. But Wasserman Schultz and so many others, what they want to do is they want to use this as a pretext to further shut down opposition. They cannot stand the fact that there's an entity such as X where people like us can actually go and contradict the establishment. Yeah, and I was really excited to see our mutual friend Alex Newman on Alex Jones' show, and Alex Jones reinstated on Twitter. I mean, love him or hate him, he's been right on a lot of things and deserves the, the, the free speech, deserves the ability to challenge the status quo in this narrative that's been out there. Yeah, oh, absolutely. I mean, look, he's not right about everything, but that's not the point. You want to talk about misinformation and disinformation? Why don't we talk about the mainstream media? Why don't we talk right. about suppressing the Hunter Biden laptop story, which, by the way, could have swung the whole 2020 election? 16% of Biden voters polled said they would have reconsidered their support for Biden had they heard about the story. We had CNN, all of these mainstream entities, big tech, saying that the story was Russian disinfo, but it was absolutely Absolutely true, as verified by the New York Times and other left-wing entities after the election. And that's the tip of the iceberg. I mean, you know, what about the Trump-Russia collusion narrative? What about the Covington Catholic story where those poor kids were demonized as racists? It just goes on and on and on. How about calling semi-automatic rifles assault weapons when that's not really what they are? I mean, I'm just pulling things out of thin air here, what's coming to me off the top of my head. But the mainstream media specialize in misinformation and disinformation, and no one talks about that. So getting back to people like Alec Jones, Alex Jones, I should say, you know, it's not a matter of his being wrong sometimes. That's what happens in a free society. You have some people who express one opinion, other people another. You debate it at the table of debate, and then you try to ferret out the truth. That's the whole idea. Just like with COVID, 
everyone said, oh, this is a brand new virus, a novel virus. We don't know much about it. But then what did they do in the same breath? They said, if you espouse an anti-establishment line, we're going to censor you. There should have been robust debate invited there. But that didn't happen because of these censors, these powers that be. Well, and that's the fact. They, they do not want to debate on these issues. And anytime you try to confront them, they will say that the confrontation itself is aggressive, that the confrontation itself is some form of hate speech because they cannot stand the truth cleansing what's going on with them. And they know. And the worst part about this is, and I, I know you've experienced this, there, this is not like, oops, well, we made a mistake on some of our facts. We want to correct. This is intentional misdirection and intentional deception of the American people and, and people throughout all of Western civilization. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. I mean, a lot of these people just are useful idiots or Kronstadt sailors, as I like to call them, referring to an event in history. But the bottom line is some of them are quite malevolent as well. I mean, it's like Lenin Think. There was an excellent essay years ago at the New Criterion about Lenin Think. And basically, its thesis was that if you looked at Vladimir Lenin, and many people have followed this pattern, the truth meant nothing to him. You couldn't even say that he drew a distinction between truth and lies. He would just say whatever buttressed his agenda at the moment. And he basically expressed that, yes, we changed our tune, changed our message. And if it becomes convenient in the future to change it again, we'll do that. And that's the problem. A lot of these people are very, very damaged people, people who have what you might call personality defects, sociopaths, narcissists, the dark triad, as they call it, which would include psychopathy and Machiavellianism and sadism. And it's just unbelievable. So you have to realize that a lot of these people are not operating in good faith. And that's why you don't want these individuals to be the gatekeepers of knowledge who are going to be these angels who will be out there censoring for us reliably and determining what the truth is. Who will be our ministry of truth? You know, that's why, especially in areas where we don't know what the score is, there has to be robust debate, as I said. You know, it's just unbelievable. And when people have a choice, they're choosing with their feet. I love the article that you wrote about Disney. You know, what's really going on here? People don't want to see wokeness anymore. And they're voting with their pocketbook and they're voting with their feet. Tell the listeners and everybody watching a little bit about what happened there with Disney. Oh, with Disney, with Disney, yeah. Well, just jog my memory about that story so because the, I write the, so the many Marvel, articles. The Marvels, yeah, the Marvel <laughs> flop when... Ah. Yeah, yeah. Got it, got it, yeah, yeah. So basically, they had this new movie, I don't watch modern entertainment, by the way, disclaimer, called The Marvels. It was in the Marvel series. Well, it basically tanked. It did very poorly at the box office. And a lot of people were saying, well, the reason why is that they just insist on foisting this feminist agenda upon us where you have these macho female characters that people really don't want to see. And if you want to get into the meat of this, the details, I cited a writer, a female writer who said that She's a woman and she doesn't want to see macho female characters. And I was talking about human psychology in the article and how women in general want a hero. I'm framing this in very fairy tale like terms, understand. They right. want a hero to sweep them off their feet. That's what they want if they can find that most don't. 
Men want to be the hero who does the sweeping. That's the way it is. And the left, though, as represented by Disney and other corporations and so many other entities, wants to foist this unreal, ridiculous conception of reality upon us. And it's nothing but unreality, and it's very destructive to society because it mixes people up. And I mentioned this in the article. This agenda is particularly destructive because, Matt, it's another example of blurring the distinctions between the sexes, which has happened for a long, long time. And what happens when you go far enough down that road? What we're beholding today, where you see this so-called transgender agenda, where we say, oh, well, boys or girls can become the opposite sex just by willing it. That didn't happen overnight. That happened because for decades and decades, feminists were blurring the distinctions between the sexes, saying that they were the same except for the superficial physical differences. And therefore, if you raise boys and girls the same way, they'll end up being identical in terms of interest, inclination, and capacity. And we're, we're just seeing it borne out, the, the second chapter of the Communist Manifesto, Abolition of the family, abolition of religion and morality, abolition of the nation state, abolition of private property. They're just following what they've been talking about for 100 plus years. They want to go down this line of negation, the Hegelian dialectic. We're going to keep lying. Doesn't matter if it's true or not. We just want to destroy the prevailing good things in society so that we can gain control. And I think a lot of the, especially the Jacob generation, as we like to call them here at On Fire Ministry, they, they have missed this idea that there is somebody out there wicked enough and determined enough and intentional enough to try to destroy the very fabric and foundations of our society so that they can control everybody. Oh, absolutely. Look, this gets back to the destabilization we were talking about. This is part of it. If you want to destabilize a society, which is necessary if you want to foment a revolution where you hope to prevail and emerge as the leader, as the head of some autocracy, then, of course, you have to try to destabilize everything. So, of course, you have the migration we were talking about. You have the undermining of morality, of people's sense of reality, of the sexes, the proper role of sexuality what is marriage, and so many things, a multitude of things. But understand this, and I suppose with respect to leftists, this will fall on deaf ears, but when the kind of regime they dream about actually comes to fruition, they're not going to tolerate a lot of this nonsense because you have to remember, and we saw this with the Soviet Union, Matt, when these people take control, they don't have a full understanding of truth, needless to say, but they do understand that many things upset the apple cart. And when you want power for yourself, yeah, you want to upset the other guy's apple part, right. cart. But when you have that power, you don't want your apple cart upset. So these people should understand they're not going to have all of this freedom to sin that they dream about when this regime that they're working hard to create actually comes to flower. That's exactly right. So in the last couple of minutes that we have, what can people be doing? What should be people be doing right now? to stand in this time of, of misinformation and disinformation, and really this time, as you said, of unreality. Yeah, well, again, I'm sorry if I said this on your show before, but remember the solution to all of this at bottom, the most fundamental solution is virtue in the people as the founding fathers talked about. So we have to cultivate virtue in ourselves, inculcate it in our children, and understand what virtue is. It's defined as that set of objectively good, 
moral habits, okay? As I always say, if morality came in a jar, what would be on the ingredients label? The virtues would be charity, chastity, diligence, hope, love, carriage, so on and so forth. There's a plenitude of them. When you understand these things, the elements of morality, everything starts to become clear as the founding fathers understood. You cultivate this in society and we will be so strong that we will not be subject to being undermined by any force from within or from without. But if we become morally weak, then it's not going to require any outside force or any conspiracy to destroy us because we'll be destroying ourselves. So understand truth exists, things are not relative, and understand what those elements of truth are, the virtues. You can't con an honest man, a moral man, a moral woman. Selwyn Duke, thank you so much for joining me on Patriot Radio today. Really appreciate you. Keep up the fight. Look forward to having you on again. Same here, Matt. And God bless you and your audience. Merry Christmas. Selwyn Duke, writer for Merry The Christmas New American. TheNewAmerican.com. Uh, check it out. I, I've, you've heard it on the show. If you've watched Patriot Radio for any amount of time, you know that you should be reading The New American and going there frequently. I do want to talk quickly about something that was said there that was just fascinating to me, particularly. Right or wrong, in the marketplace of ideas, you should not be afraid, not be afraid, to put the truth out there. And I want to add a caveat to Self-censorship is the worst form of tyranny. And a lot of people are undergoing self-censorship right now. During the whole COVID time, people knew there was something wrong. They had something in their heart. They were just, I know something's not right. And they either had to deny that, squash it down, sear it as it were, and go and do what the government was telling them to do. Or they said, no, I'm going to stand right now. People have asked me recently, how am I going to know? You're going to know, and COVID was a test of this. You're going to know what the right thing to do is because the Holy Spirit is moving inside you, but you have to listen to it. You have to listen to Holy Spirit. And God will give us the discernment to know good from evil. Question is, what do you do with that? And many people don't listen to that, that still small voice inside them. They, 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 they drown it out with music or, or substance abuse. Or they sear their conscience and just do whatever they want to do anyway. And it's really a call for all of us as Christians that if we're going to be the light, we have to take some action. And one of those actions is being on a lampstand. In other words... We need to intentionally make the light visible. In other words, we need to speak our testimony wherever we go because it's really Jesus' testimony through us and let that light shine in the darkness and not hide it under a bushel basket. And when the Holy Spirit prompts us that something is wrong, we need to follow a certain path, even if it costs us, then that's exactly the path that we need to follow. You see, if the right thing isn't producing fruit, then it's not the right thing.
Hear me again. I'm talking about godly fruit. If the right thing is not producing fruit, then it is not the right thing, no matter how much you want to argue about it. And I think that that's an evaluation for all of us, like a self-introspection for all of us is what I think is the right thing. Is that actually producing fruit? And maybe, maybe I'm holding on to deception in my own life. Like the deception that God stopped moving back in 200 AD for some reason. When in fact, God is moving today and he wants to move through each one of us and make us that light on a lampstand. Take a moment tonight and evaluate that with the Lord. This is Matt Shea. Thank you so much for joining me on Patriot Radio today. May God bless all of you and he is making this generation the greatest one. The awakening is here. Keep up the fight. 